Good morning, everyone. So for Mother's Day, I get to hold my daughter. It is so wonderful to see all of y'all. And first, I just want to say what a great job all of you did. And thank you, Miss Jackie, for all your work with the sweet little ones every Sunday. Happy Mother's Day, all of you moms in all capacities of being a mom. Biological moms are definitely one of them, but there are so many different types of moms and so many different seasons of being a mom. So happy Mother's Day to all of you. We are thankful you're here with us this morning. And if you're a visitor, welcome to New Hope. Um, please fill out the tablet or the little card and get a first-time visitor gift and just know that we're really thankful that you're here to worship with us, um, to worship our Lord, to learn and fellowship together. I know that I missed the car show this weekend, but I hear it was amazing. So thank you to everyone that was a part of that, that helped, and um, all that came to support that wonderful event. We don't have any announcements this morning except what a great day it is to celebrate with your family after this. So family night at home tonight and um, enjoy your time with your mom. And if your mom is not here, if your mom is already passed, remembering what great memories you had and celebrating with another mom would be wonderful. So thank you all for being here this morning. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, our Heavenly Father, how great you are. How when you created the earth and you created us, you knew what we needed. You knew that we needed a family. You knew that we needed a mom and a dad. And, and that comes in so many different ways. So we thank you for the relationships that you've given us. We thank you for the, the love that we have in friends and parents and siblings and, and all that you've blessed us with. Because we know that you are our father. And that you love us more than anyone else. But you love us so much that you gave us people on earth to, deal, to do life with, to go through hard times with, to go through joyful times with. The people that we want to make memories with and, and sit around with, we just thank you for those relationships and each kind of relationship that you've given us, Lord. We pray that, that our mind is focused on you this morning, that all of our praise, adoration, thankfulness, and 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 just mindset is on you, Lord, that we allow your spirit to change us, that we don't just sit here because it's something for us to do today, or we're not just here visiting just because a mom is here or a grandmother, but we're here to be different, to be changed by your word, because your word is powerful. You are the word. You are the truth, and you are our life and the life. So I pray that, that people are changed this morning at New Hope. That we came in a certain way, but we leave different, brighter, and more on fire for you, and more ready to love others and show love to others. You loved first so that we can love others. We thank you so much for this opportunity to be in worship together with other believers and people seeking truth. And God, if there are people in this room that do not know you, do not follow you, I just pray that they are moved in a drastic way today. That this is the day that they will always remember because it's the day that they turn their life to you. We love you and we honor you, God. And it is in your name that we pray. Amen.
Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. tell you about my Jesus. Amen? Let me ask you this. Have you told your mama about Jesus? My mom ain't here right now. She's at home laid up with a, with a messed up foot, but she's getting better, but she knows Jesus. Amen? Mamas and daddies, have you told your children about Jesus? Do they know Jesus? When they pass from this life to the next, mama, daddy, children, 
If you're here today, if you're listening to my voice through the internet or wherever it might be, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today? Folks, we're never guaranteed our next breath, the next day, the next week, the next year. Folks, I want to just urge you today that if you don't know Jesus, today is the day of your salvation. What a wonderful day to say that on Mother's Day 2023, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We're going to talk about today being devoted, being devoted to Jesus and being devoted to the Lord. And we're continuing our series. We've started a series back at the first of the year called uh, B. You see it right here, B in 2023. Be who God created you to be. And that's our challenge for you for the year. And so every Sunday, we've been talking about how we can be more like Christ every day. How we can live our, our life to be more like Christ. And so, while today is a Mother's Day message, it's a, it's a message about being devoted that will apply to everybody. Because God calls everybody, all of His children, to be devoted to Him. You know, at Mother's Day, when we think about Mother's Day in the time of year, we turn into you know, springtime, and what comes around Mother's Day? Graduations. And a lot of you have already, a lot of colleges and high schools have already had graduations and preschools. I went to, to two of my grandkids' preschool graduation ceremonies uh, last week, Knox and Emory's. And I want to invite you to uh, New Hope's preschool graduation next Sunday. And uh, uh, so make plans to, to be a part of that next Sunday. It's in the, it's in the bulletin as well. But in those times of, of graduation ceremonies, and, and, you know, it gives us a chance to, to just reflect on the, on the kid's life. Whatever age level it is, you know, kindergarten or, or pre-K or elementary or middle school, high school, college, graduate, whatever it might be, it gives us that chance just to look back and, and to think about... Uh, the fun times that, the, that we had with the kids. Those special times, those things that, you know, the, the things that were unique about them. How they've grown, how they've matured, how they've changed from, I mean, the, the little preschoolers. I mean, back in September, they've changed into whole different people, haven't they, Susan? I mean, they're, they're just grown so much. And uh, to, to just this, and you see that every year. Teachers love to hear teachers talk about how they see children transform from from one from the beginning of the year to the next year. It's really a cool thing, and so it's those times like that that we have to reflect because we know that that time passes, doesn't it? Time passes so quickly. So as our parents and grandparents, we understand the importance of of cherishing every, every moment with our child, with our children, with our grandchildren, understanding that they're a gift from God, that, that, that we only have them for a little while, that we're called to, to, to raise them up and train them up in the way of the Lord, and we, we, we raise them to let them go. We have them to send them off, right? Man, that's hard, isn't it? That's not a fun time. But we have to pray that through our years we've raised them in the right way so that when they are ready to go, you know, like the birds, when the birds kick them out of the nest, you know, they have to fly 
And that's the way we have to do with our kids. What a great time it is to, to reflect on that. And throughout the Bible, we find numerous stories about great mothers, great mothers in the Bible, uh, great godly women in the Bible, examples of, of devoted mothers in the Bible. There's a handout at the, on your way out, either way, on the tables for today. And on that handout, it's got uh, examples of 16 mothers in particular. It's got the, um, the mother, their children, the passage where it can be found, and then a, a little lesson that we can learn from each of, those, each of those mothers. But today our message comes from 2 Samuel chapter 21. It's a, it's a story about a little-known woman that many of you may not have ever heard of. But her story isn't pleasant at all. But you know, being a, a mother or being a parent isn't always pleasant either, is it? There are hard times, there's difficult times in, in being a mom, being a parent. This particular story, it's, it's probably not one to share around the dinner table. I know my wife would say, Russ, just be quiet, we'll talk about it later. It doesn't have all the fanfare of Proverbs 31, the third Proverbs 31 woman. It's not a sweet lullaby that that we read sometimes. It's, in fact, it's a, it's a sad story. It's one of a mother's tragedy. But her name is, is Rispa. Rispa had been mocked and ridiculed, used and abused, and her, her life was, was filled with difficulty. It was filled with hurt and shame. But, but in the end, the fullness of a mother's love is on full display. And Rispa was a mother filled with bravery and love and strength and devotion that's, that you'll see this played out in this story. But before we get to 2 Samuel chapter 21, back in 2 Samuel chapter 3, we see the beginnings of that story where she is first introduced. And we find that one of King Saul's uh, generals, Abner, took Rispa and slept with her. This was akin to maybe trying to usurp the throne of, uh, of David. But she, he didn't love her. In fact, she was just being used as a political pawn. And then we move on up to, to 2 Samuel 21, and we see there Rispa had already experienced a great difficulty in, in, in her life. She was, she was a descendant of Esau. She had been acquired as a concubine by King Saul. Basically, she had become a slave and a breeder. So Rispa, think about this. She had become a slave, a breeder, and someone just used to acquire the throne. But in the midst of that, she had two sons. By this time, they were, they were the sons of King Saul, and by this time, they were, they were grown and, and older. And now the, a famine had entered the land. The fields were dying, the cattle were starving, there were no tax revenue, no one was prosperous, and and so the Gibeonites, they had once tricked Joshua into signing a, a covenant with them, and now they were trying to do the same thing with King David. And they're doing something crazy and to pay for the sins of his father, King Saul. This story is a, is a good lesson that, that the sins of our past and all sin must be paid for. 
the Gibeonites accused King Saul for, for everything that they were going through. They, they, they blamed him for the famine in the land and for the difficulties that had come upon them. And so in order to make amends for and, and to make a payment for the difficulties that the Gibeonites were going through, they demanded seven of King Saul's family members to be handed over to them. When they got them, the Gibeonites would, would put them to death in order to end the famine. Two of these seven people that were handed over to the Gibeonites were the sons of Rizpah. And so they came and took her sons, they tried them, they killed them, and they hung their bodies on a pole to pay, to pay for the price of their, the sins of their father. Now this was done to, to, to make the, the people aware, for public awareness. It was done for humiliation, it was done for, for the payment of sin that, that King Saul had caused on the Gibeonites. You can imagine that Rizpah was devastated and and yet she was still helpless in the midst of all this. In 2 Samuel chapter 21, verses 1 through 9, we see the story kind of as I laid it out. But it says in verse 1, During the, the reign of David, there was a famine for three successive years. So David sought the face of the Lord. So he prayed to God, asking, What, what can I do? What, what do I need to do to make it right? And the Lord said, It is on account of Saul and his blood and his blood-stained house. It is because he put the Gibeonites to death. The king summoned the Gibeonites and spoke to them. Now the Gibeonites were a part of Israel, were not a part of Israel, but were survivors of the Amorites. And the Israelites had sworn to spare them, but Saul, in his zeal for Israel and Judah, had tried to annihilate them. And David asked the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you? How shall I make amends so that you will bless the Lord's inheritance? And the Gibeonites answered, answered him, We have no right to demand silver or gold from Saul or his family, nor we have the right to, to put anyone of his, in Israel to death. What, we do want, what do you want me to do for you? David asked. And they answered the king, As for the man who destroyed us and plotted against us so that that we would have been disseminated and have no place anywhere in Israel. Let seven of his male descendants be given to us to be killed and exposed before the Lord at Jabeah of Saul for the Lord's chosen one. And the king said, I will give them to you. And the king spared Mephibosheth Mephibosheth, sorry about that. So the king spared Mephibosheth, son of, jo of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the oath before the Lord David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. But the king took Armani and Mephibosheth and the two sons of Ai's daughter, Rizpah, who had been born to Saul, together with the five sons of Saul's daughter, Merib, who had been born to Adriel, son of Barzilla, uh, the Mahilathite, and handed them over to the Gibeonites, who called and exposed them on the hill before the Lord. And all seven of them fell together, and they were put to death during the first days of the harvest, just as a, harv just as a barley harvest was beginning. 
you can imagine that Rispa was devastated. This was her sons that were taken out, hung on a pole, and left to die in public shame. I want you to look at the extraordinary steps that she took to show her devotion to her children. Now, now mind you, she wasn't allowed to take them down off the pole. They were to stay there until they rotted completely and were gone. So she wasn't allowed to take them down or, or give them a proper burial. And so what she did, she took a sackcloth out and, and built a tent and, and set up camp there for five months from spring to fall, from the beginning of the harvest until the, the rainy season. She protected the bodies of her two boys. She tirelessly kept the vultures away during the day and bravely kept the, the wild animals away at night. And we see her complete devotion to her boys, even in, in their death. In verse 10 it says, Rispa, daughter of Ai, took sackcloth and spread it out, over, out for herself on a rock. From the beginning of the harvest to the rain poured down from the heavens and on the bodies. She did not leave, she did not let the birds touch them by day or wild animals by night. Her love and determination, it was so amazing. I mean, can you imagine day and night she camped out there to, to, to guard the bodies of her children because she couldn't give them a proper burial. And King David, he saw this. He saw her determination. And, and look at what his response is in verse 11 through 14. It says, When David was told that Ai's daughter Rispa saw his concubine, what she had done, he went and took the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from the citizens of Jabesh-Gilead. They had stolen their bodies from public square of Bethshane, where the Philistines had hung them after they struck Saul down in Gilboa. David brought the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from there, and the bones of those who had been killed and exposed were gathered up. And they buried the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan in the tomb of Saul's father Kish at Zelah Benjamin, and did everything the king commanded. And listen to this, after that, God answered prayer on behalf of the land. He lifted the famine. He allowed rains to come. You see, when, when David heard what she had done, he went out and, and buried the bones with the bones of his father and with Jonathan in order to give them a proper burial. And this was done because of the devotion of the mother for her two children. And so ultimately, these victims were eventually honored because of their mother's devotion. Even in their death. And after that, the Bible says that God answered Israel's prayer and He healed the land. I want you to notice that King Saul's sin had to be paid for. You see, all of our sin has to be paid for. Whether we pay for it or if we allow Jesus to take our payment as He paid for it on the cross. And you think about it, this was King Saul. This happened to his son. Our sin doesn't always 
affect just us. Sin doesn't always just affect the sinner. It oftentimes has ripple effects on other people. And like this woman, it, it takes people of great courage at unusual times to stand up boldly in the face of, of harm and danger and doing the right thing and showing the true devotion. Rispa had done nothing wrong. Think about it. She had done nothing wrong but had been treated terribly all of her life. Her life was filled with, with hurt and difficulty. And this story displays the love and faithfulness that Rispa had for, for her sons. Her devotion was without question. Her boys, think about it, her boys had done nothing wrong. But the sins had to be paid for. You see, we can praise God today that we have Jesus Christ that paid the price for our sins. That we or our children don't have to pay the price for our sins. Jesus Christ did that on the cross for us. If you've allowed Him to do it. If you've turned your life over to Jesus Christ and allowed Him to, to, to grant forgiveness to you and be the Lord of your life. But, but his, the children there, had, they had done nothing wrong, yet they were killed because of someone else's sin. Jesus, likewise, was perfect in every way. And He was killed for somebody else's sin. He was killed for our sin. Think about King David. He had not sinned, yet his kingdom was suffering. Of course, he did sin, but his, king was, his kingdom was suffering not because of what he did, but because of what his father did. Think about the land of Israel. They were suffering because of the sins of somebody else. The land was stricken with a famine because of the sins of somebody else. And that sin had to be paid for. Our sin has to be paid for. Folks, that's a reminder that, that our sin will find us out. There is no hiding our sin. God sees everything. God knows everything. He knows every word we utter, every thought that we had, have, and every action that we take. Yeah, we have the freedom of choice. We have the, the freedom of choice. We have a choice to, to choose to sin or not, but we don't have a choice of the consequences and who those, what those consequences are going to have on other people. You see, our sin, all of our sin, are seen by God. And all of our sin are going to be paid for. Again, whether we pay for them or we've allowed Jesus to. Jesus calls us to be devoted to Him. To follow His teachings. To follow His commands. To allow Him to be the Lord of our life. To Lord him, uh, allow Him to, to lead, guide, and direct us. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 1 Timothy 4, 13. Devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, preaching, and to the teaching. 
1 Corinthians 16, 15. They had devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. All these are things that we've talked about in the past. What we need to be doing in order to become more like Christ. Becoming more like the person God created us to be. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good. Charles Stanley, he said, one sign of a genuine believer is devotion to Christ. To be devoted means to cling to Jesus and steadfastly persevere with Him. Out of love and gratitude, we express our dedication to Him through three, through three things. A passion to obey, a spirit of humility, and a servant's heart. You know, as we read this story of, of Rispa, she was living out Romans 12.10 in her devotion for her children. Just be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Be devoted to prayer, to Scripture, to service, to other people, to doing good. But folks, above everything else and above everyone else, be devoted to the Lord. And when we're devoted and sold out and completely uh, persevering for Him, all of these other things will fall in line. In 1 Kings 8.61, we'll close with this passage. It says, Your hearts therefore shall be wholly devoted to the Lord, to the Lord our God to walk in His statutes and to keep His commandments. Your hearts, therefore, shall be wholly devoted to the Lord our God, to walk in His statutes and to keep His commands. In order that, we can become the people God created us to be. Devote yourselves to the Lord today and every day. Let's pray together. Father, so many things in this world are grabbing at us for our attention. So many things are competing for our time. But Lord, all of this is temporal. All of this is going to go away. We have to ask ourselves, what are we left with? Are we truly devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we allowing Him to be the Lord of our life? And are we persevering in our faith, clinging to You, living out our life the way You purposed? So Father, Lord God, we, we praise You today for loving us. Even in the midst of hardship, even in the midst of difficulty and tragedy, God, You are still our God, our Lord and our Savior. And regardless of what comes our way, Father, we trust in You 
And Father, we commit today to be devoted to you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.